All right. Well, how is everybody doing this morning? All right. My name is Cameron Luft. I am the youth pastor here at Harbor City Church. And this morning, we will be talking about the generous soul. Who is the generous soul? We are. Yeah, we are. You guys are. Somebody said Jesus. Well, that's right, too. Absolutely. We are the generous soul. Before I get into today's message, let's open with a word of prayer. Oh, Father, right now, we just thank you for the entrance of your word gives light. And so, Lord, we thank you for the light of your word shining on our hearts. We thank you for wisdom and revelation in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> All right. Well, here's an here's a opening scripture. Proverbs 11.25 says, The generous soul, that's you, will be made rich. And he who waters will also be watered himself. Now, some of you know I've shared my personal testimony quite a bit, actually. Um, I'm 45 years old now. I was born again at the age of 23, so I've almost been a Christian for half of my life. But before I gave my life to Jesus at 23, I was at Central Washington University, and I was a ceramic student. I got it. Somebody snickered already. I got it. How many fellow ceramic students, how many of you got a degree in ceramics? Okay, but I got a fellow ceramic student. In the whole university, there were two of us. And so I was an artist. Has anybody ever heard of the phrase starving artist? Raise your hand. Okay, you've heard of that. So, so I was a starving artist. I think I was, I was happy, and I was destined to be broke in life, or that was my thought. I, wasn't, I mean, I was making pots, and, and I was on my potter's wheel, and I was, I was content with that. And so uh, I thought, well, maybe I'll just be a starving artist. Now, my dad was a successful businessman, and he owned a garbage company out on the Salmon Islands. And don't let anybody fool you. Garbage is a pretty good business to be in. I remember one day I was on a, we were in the Salmon Islands, we were on a ferry boat. My dad brought a garbage truck full of garbage on the ferry boat. In the summers, it was a little ripe on the ferry boat. And I remember this little kid goes, man, it smells like garbage. <laughs> well, it sure did. And I remember my dad said, well, it smells like money to me. And he was right about it. It's like, you know, I never thought about that. That was the, the smell of money for him. Well, at the age of 23, I gave my life to Jesus, and I was sitting in the back row of a church service at the Foursquare four square Church in Ellensburg, and I felt called to preach. I think, I think somebody's been there. And I felt called to preach. And I, apparently I got it right because here I am today. So I, apparently I heard from the Lord that day. And I thought, now, okay, well, I'm a starving artist, but now I guess I'll just be a broke preacher. Have you ever heard of, a broke, you ever heard of that phrase, a broke preacher, before? Here's the good news about serving Jesus. You don't have to be a starving artist. You don't have to be a broke preacher. When you give your life to Jesus, he wants to come in and transform every single area of your life. Nothing undone, nothing untouched. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says this. This may be the most important word you hear all day. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... What does that mean? In Christ, Jesus come into my life. He is a brand new creation. Women, you're included too. He's a brand new creation. Now, the King James Version says he's a brand new creature. I assume some of you don't want to be called creatures. So we'll pull out this verse. He's a brand new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God wants to come in and make all things new in your life. 
How do we go from starving artist to broke, broke, broke preacher? We give our lives to Jesus, and he comes in, and he transforms every area of your life. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear. God gives us the Holy Spirit. That's what my wife was talking about. Jesus said, well, I'm going to leave, but don't worry. For those of you who are confused, my wife was the one up here playing keyboard. She said when Jesus left, he said, don't worry. I'm going to give you another helper. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. He's given us the Holy Spirit. But he's given us a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. So God comes in and he touches our, he makes us a new creation. He touches our heart. He gives us a new mind, uh, uh, will, emotion. Not only that, how many of you know that when God comes, in, comes into your life, he can also touch your physical body? Yes. Some, some of us need to hear that good news today, huh? Romans 8, 11. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, do you know that God wants to come and take up dwelling in you? If he comes and dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. What is a mortal body? It means death-doomed body. All our bodies are doomed to death, aren't they? But while we're here on earth, he can come and give life and vitality and strength to our bodies. He makes us new creation. He restores our mind, will, and emotions. He wants to touch our physical bodies. Isaiah 40, verse 31 says, but those who wait on the Lord... Let's just take a moment to wait on the Lord right now. Watch this. Just waiting on you, Lord, right now. We're just all waiting on you. But those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. God, God is renewing our strength right now. And they will rise up with wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and they shall not faint. So we say, Jesus, thank you for making us new creation. Thank you that you didn't give us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Thank you for, how many of you need your physical bodies renewed? Come on, raise your hand. Lord, right now, we, your word says that if we wait on you, you, we will renew our strength. So Lord, right now, renew our strength according to the promise of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. God comes into our lives and transforms and touches every area of our life. This is good news, isn't it? Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach good news. This is always a, a message of good news. God wants to touch our relationships. God wants to put his hand on your marriage. God wants to change and touch the lives of your children. God, I believe, wants to move in your businesses. God wants to move in your home. And as we talk about today, the generous soul, I also believe that God has an interest in your finances as well. And God would like to touch your finances. Can you say amen to that? Amen. So I gave my life to Jesus. And if you know a little bit about my background, I have a background in, I studied, I was on Orcas Island. There's a lot of new age stuff out there. I got into a lot of Taoism. I got into a lot of Buddhism. And I got into astral projection all kinds of weird stuff. But I gave my life to Jesus. Somebody left a New Testament on my doorstep. I read through it. I realized Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus come into my life. And I was born again. But my mind wasn't transformed. And I didn't yet, I hadn't learned how to relate to God. But I loved God. He changed my life. Who the Son sets free is free indeed. And God can set you. And he was setting me free. 
But I wanted to bless. God had, did, had done so much for me. And the dark cloud of depression he removed off my, off my life. And so when I, I just wanted to give God a, like a peace offering. I wanted to give him an offering. So when I, I would sit down and eat a meal, I would leave pieces of food. Like, God, I'm like leaving this food for you. On, is that, leaving this piece of food for you on a plate. If that sounds weird, I think it's kind of weird. Now, did God ever come down and, and consume the, cons, no, he never came and consumed the offering. But I was, I was trying to maybe earn my affection with God. But how many of you know that God loves you freely without merit? You don't have to, you don't have to earn his affection. And then, and then I, I, I got involved with the local church. So glad that you are here. This is where we properly learn about God and Jesus Christ and how to serve him. And then somebody taught me this verse, Malachi chapter 3, verse 10 through 11. And this is where God also began to move me from the starving artist to the broke preacher mentality into God wants to do something in my finances as well. Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, 10 through 11 says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. This is, a, this is actually a very good word. This is, an, this is an amazing word. Tithe means 10%, which means if I, somebody gives me a, a check for $100, a tithe of that would be how much? $10. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Where is the storehouse? It's the house of the Lord. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Well, it does take some money to, to run the house of the Lord, doesn't it? And try me now in this. This is one of the only places in Scripture where God says, you can try me in this. If you found somewhere else in the Scripture where God says, try me, show me, I have not found it. It might be in there, but I have not seen it. Try me now in this, says the Lord. Watch this. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. Come on. That is very good news. If we receive that by faith, Pastor Jimmy spoke a good word last week, and he said this, and I've heard that, this word in this house more than once. God said it. I believe it. And that settles it. Well, I heard that word, and I thought, well, this is amazing. I don't have to bring God half my meal. I didn't want to go hungry anyways. He didn't want half of my old biscuit on my plate. But he says, this is how you can honor me. Bring the tithes into the house. And so I began to bring my tithes and bring my offerings to the Lord. And God began to touch my finances. If you have never tried him in this, I would encourage you. Give him a chance. Try him in this. Watch this. We try God. And watch. Open windows. Such blessing, not room enough to receive. Rebukes to devour for your sake. Now, there's a, we don't talk a lot about that, but I've been in places before. I remember one morning, early 5 a.m., driving to work in my little Volkswagen Jetta wagon on the way to San Juan Sanitation to go out and start my garbage route. And there was a huge windstorm, and this huge branch fell off a tree on the way to work, and it smashed into my windshield. And I was amazed that my windshield didn't break. And the first word that came to me was, rebukes to devour for my sake. Come on, God will, re that's, this is the amazing thing of tithing. So for me, this is a very good word. What's the purpose of tithing? It supports our local church and its ministries, and it releases pastors to focus on the building up of the people of God. Now, what about offerings? So then somebody said, well, what about what are, what are offerings? Well, that's above and beyond the tithe. We have the offerings. And then those meet the urgent needs, and they help build the church, and they extend the kingdom of God. And I got to say, this message isn't born out of, like, me and Pastor Doug in a back office saying, man, we're really hurting over here. We need to come up with a message and try to stir the hearts of people. No, this is, I, 
God's not trying to get something from us. God's saying, I want to bless you. God's heart is what? Open heavens. Open windows. Such blessing. Not room enough to receive. But there's always a purpose in it. This isn't let's have a get rich quick talk. This is God always has a purpose in giving and receiving. We'll, We'll move into that in a little bit. But this is a generous house. And if you have not taken time to see that kitchen in the back, it, this is the offering. This is great stuff. Why? So that we can serve, serve a house, serve people that come in, serve the needy. Offerings help to, to rebuild the playground. We did a really nice job with that. Rebuild the classroom, repaint, remodel. So that's what offerings do. We can give to the poor. We can give to maybe a sister or brother in need. Uh, we can help, we can give to help promote and spread the gospel around the world. So we bring our tithes and we bring our offerings. Now let me share a few verses that will hopefully, ins- how, how does faith come? So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Somebody said, I'm praying for faith. You can do that or you can just read the word of God. That's how it comes. I'm just going to read my Bible. I might even read it out loud so I can hear it. I like what one preacher said, faith comes by hearing and hearing. Well, I read the Bible last year. Well, we got to hear. It's, hear, hear. it's active hearing. Amen. Luke chapter 6, verse 38 says this. Watch. Give. That's just one word. Jesus said this. Give. I think it's more than a good idea. Give, and then what? It will be given back to you. Good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together. Running over will be poured back into your bosom. With the same measure that you give, it will be measured back to you again. These are good words. These are God words. Amen. Proverbs 3, 9 through 10. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with, the fir- and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty. Your vats will overflow with new wine. How many of you have barns here? Hey, we got a couple barns. This is great. I used to, used to, I preached this verse in, uh, in Arizona, lived near Phoenix. There wasn't many barns out there in, near Phoenix, but there's some barns here, so this is good. How many of you don't have a barn? No, the more hands go up. Do you have, do you have a bank account? Yeah. yeah. We honor the Lord with our possessions, with the first fruits of all of our increase, and God begins to fill our barns with plenty, and our vats begin to overflow with new wine. We go from starving artists, broke preacher, and we begin to honor the principle, and God says, all you have to do, you don't have to give this weird plate offering to me. You bring the tithe into my storehouse. You try me in this, and I'm going to begin to open the windows of heaven over your life. And I share, I share this out of testimony, out of practice, some, something I, I've done and something I do. Proverbs eleven twenty five says, the generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. But in all these, we say, well, if I'm watered, then I'll water. If it's given to me good measure, pressed down, shaken together, then I will give. No, we always make the first move, don't we? We give first. We honor the Lord first. We water first. Now, this is, this is stirring our faith. This is challenging our faith. And watch what God will do in our lives. Jimmy preached a really good word last week about Abraham. And... Um, Abram means the word, he, God changed his name. God, God said, Abram, I'm changing your name from Abram to Abraham. Abram means like high father, exalted father, father of one. The name Abraham actually means father of many. 
So God says, you're going to be called Abraham now, the father of many before he even had many. He just changed his name. And so when, when Abraham said, my name's Abraham, this is, this is a little side, side point here. He's confessing, I'm the father of many even before many have arrived. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 through, 1 through 2. Now the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. Now, for us, this is relevant because the Bible says, and I won't go deep here, that we're blessed with the blessing of Abraham. And God told, told Abraham, he says, I will bless you and make your name great. And here's the purpose. And you shall be a blessing. I believe that God does want to bless our lives, but there's always purpose in it. He didn't just say, Abram, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless your socks off. Go in the joy of your Lord. Abram, I'm going to bless you so that you shall be a blessing. I believe that the purpose of the blessing isn't so that it's all for, here we go, I'm blessed. God wants to move through you. And God wants you to be a blessing to your church, to your community, to your friends, to your families, to your neighbors. And I was so happy that God transformed my mind in this area. No more, no more starving artist. In the early 2000s, many of you know Pastor Wendell Smith who passed away. He was our pastor, Pastor Doug's pastor. And he used to have a series of conferences every year called Prosperity with a Purpose. It wasn't the Prosperity Conference. It was Prosperity with a Purpose. That any prosperity should always be tied with the, to the purposes of God. And on the board, on the screen... there's many things he said, but I like this one. He said, prosperity was never meant to be an end in itself. It is a means to an end of fulfilling God's plan and purpose for life. God's will and purpose always has to do with redemption and reconciling people unto himself. So if we keep that in mind, that the goal of God blessing us is that so that we can be a greater blessing. If you're going to be a, God God will water us so that we can water more. With that in mind, in your notes, I'd like to go through, and this is not a comprehensive list, but just nine essentials of giving. Number one, give cheerfully. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7, I love this in the message translation. It says, remember, a stingy planter gets a stingy crop. A lavish planter gets a lavish crop. I want each of you to take plenty of time to think it over and make up your own mind what you will give. That will protect you against sob stories and arm twisting. God loves it when the giver delights in the giving. How many givers do we have here? How many of you love to give? How many of you know that Christmas is just around the corner? That's kind of weird saying that's like, it's like two months away. That means it's just around the corner. I was at Costco this last week and it was, it was, it was Christmas land. And, uh, and, and so something I've done now, have you ever gotten caught off guard by Christmas? Like, oh, I got to buy some presents. And this is just around the corner. Lynn's like, I'm not getting caught off guard. I've been caught off guard before. And now, I've, now this, might, this might sound crazy to some of you, but I have like a spreadsheet now. I, like, I wrote down all the people, all the names. My wife's like, why do you do, why do, you do this? I like keep track now. My kids say something that they want. And I, and I hate like, what did you want? What did you say? I just, I just make notes of it now. But I've got some plans I've been forming, some really cool things. And I am very excited because I get to be cheerful in my giving. How would it be? Hey, Jen, it's Christmas, my wife right here. 
I got you a present. Here you go. Take this stupid bin. And, and didn't. She's not going to receive that. Not going to be a blessing. We get the point though, right? God, God loves it when we're cheerful in our giving as well. We love to give. Number two, give bountifully. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 says, But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. How many of you have ever been out to Chapman Farms out there in Elma? A few of you? Never been out there? It's a really cool spot. It's a good spot for a photo op with your family. And they've got, they've got pumpkins out there. They've got the corn maze. And I don't even know. They've got, they sell fruit pies and stuff. They weren't there last time, but a bummer. Um, and so we were out there, we were out there picking out our pumpkins and I see some of the pumpkins are already starting to kind of mold down and get kind of nasty and dissolve into the earth. And I see that the, the seeds are starting to go back into the earth. And how many of you know there was a lot of seed that went into the ground to get a nice, if you, okay, if you, maybe you've never been to Chapman. Have you been to a pumpkin farm? Have you been to a farm where they grow anything, fruit, corn? Yes. How many? Okay. I don't actually know how they grow corn. I'm going to say it's a corn kernel. Does that how you grow corn? Is it a kernel of corn? Okay. So wouldn't it be weird for Chapman Farms or any farm you've ever been to to go in and you ask the farmer, did you put any seed into the ground? Oh, no, but we're believing for a big crop. We're going to have a big crop this year. Really, how much seed? I don't put any seed into the ground. We're just trusting God. <laughs> I don't know about that. No, no, no. Some seed went into the ground. Plenty of seed went into the ground to get, to get the harvest. So that's how we can do. And this is what Paul, this is, this is really practical. I love the Bible's not too esoteric and over our head. Hey, look, so if you sow a little bit, you'll reap a little bit. That's okay. But if, if you sow more, you're, you're going to reap more. It's just it's the way it is. Number three, there's a connection with our heart in giving. And by the way, God is not after our money. God is after our heart, isn't he? Matthew 6, verse 20 uh, through 21. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I think with all of us, if we all tracked our spending, it, we would probably know where our heart is. I know, like I said, I'm making a little budget sheet for, I'd like to buy my, my, my wife and family and dads and brothers and sisters and nephews and nieces some presents for Christmas. So I'm planning on that. Why? Because... That's where my heart is. A heart should also be for God, right? Seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. How many of you have a retirement account? I've got a few retirement accounts. So when I worked at LeMay for a few years, I've got a LeMay retirement account. I've taught at some universities. I have a university retirement account. I, I work, I'm employed here by the church. I have a church retirement account. And I'm excited that when the day I retire, there's going to be some money for me. But that's the short game. Right? That's going to come and that's going to go. But guess what? We're going to be forever in eternity with Jesus if we've given our life to him. Let's store up some treasure in heaven as well. Hey, what's the greatest treasure in heaven going to be? Souls that have been saved. How does that come by us financing and propagating the gospel with our giving and blessing and missions and all that stuff? We're going to store up treasures in heaven. Number four, give regularly. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 2. On the first day of each week, you should put aside a portion of the money you've earned. This is pretty practical. Don't wait until I get there and then try to collect it all at once. I, I mean, I think giving is so slick now and so nice 
Um, I, I know back in the day, it would be like, let's say you get paid on a Monday, and maybe you write out a check, and then you wait for church six days later on a Sunday, and then, and then you drop the check off, and then the church processes it, processes it, but then the office is closed on Monday, and then they deposit on Tuesday, and finally it clears by next Thursday. It'd be like a whole, whole week. And some of you like doing that, and that's okay. I think there's still people that like to come down and present their offering here. I think it's great. Matter of fact, we have boxes one, two, three, four. I can see right here, and I think there's some in the hallway. But give regularly. And so if I found for me, I might forget if a week or two goes by. So if I get some income, just I, I love to go online and just not PayPal, push pay. I go to harborcitychurch.org. Wow, look at here. In person, there we go. Those are your cash and check people. You like that. You can give online. You can give automated. You can actually give um, just, I think it set it up automatically. Number five, give as directed by the Lord. How many of you think it's probably a good idea to pray that God would direct our giving? Yeah. A week or two ago, I was with the, with the youth group. I was meeting with the high schoolers. And I don't think I have any millionaire high school youth in my group. I'm, maybe someone would surprise me. I don't know. I'd be like, by the way, I don't know. I, mean, I have a million bucks. Okay. Um, but I said to them, I said, well, do you think you guys could, if God stirred your heart, do you think you could buy someone a cup of coffee? And their hands went, they agreed, yeah, we could, we, could, we could buy someone a cup of coffee if the Lord impressed us. I said, all right, let's pray. I'm included. The Lord, right now we pray that you're going to direct us and we're going to be sensitive to you. And maybe it'll be a cup of coffee, maybe a small gift, something like that. But we're just going to be sensitive to you. Sure enough, a few days later, I'm in line at Starbucks, and I feel a little impression on my heart to buy the lady behind me a cup of coffee. And I'm like, okay, fine. I pull out my little Starbucks app. Yeah, I got some money on there, and I'm, I'm ready to do that. And I remembered that we had prayed the prayer. God will answer your prayer. And I went back, and I got to share my little testimony with a group of high schoolers this last, uh, last Thursday night. And I said, did anybody else have a testimony? And two other hands went up that God had impressed on the heart. If we pray and ask God for opportunity to be generous, he will stir our heart. And you might even want to start small. Start with the cup of coffee. It's also a great exercise in learning how to hear the voice of God. I don't think the devil wants you to bless the guy in the car behind you with a cup of coffee. I think God does. Number six, give to those in need. Um, something I've, I'd like to do is give to the uh, Union Gospel Mission downtown. Uh, you can provide, there's a, plenty of opportunities. Uh, provide meals at Thanksgiving time. Uh, you can support a child through Child Fund. There's a lot of organizations. I know as a church, if you've ever walked out the door, there's some um, ch children that we support on the wall back there. Talking to my youth group about this, I know one gal and her family, they like to go out around, around town and hand out warm coats to those in, in wintertime. I thought, man, that was a great idea. So give to those in need, number seven. Give to missions. Um, we have an amazing missions program here. Teacher Mindy, she does a fabulous job. Um, she is going back to Mexico in November, which is actually next month. And right now, they are, Mindy and the team, and our church is raising money to buy mattresses. They're going to San Carlos, and there was some ex uh, extreme flooding. And so the, the town there is in need of mattresses. So what can we do to give? How can we incre increase our giving? Well, this is, this is one, like, real tangible opportunity right now. We can buy mattresses. 
Um, you can give to support the mission dream. Maybe you can't go on a mission trip, but you can. You know what? I don't, I don't really feel like I'm ready to go out of the country, but I'd love to support someone who does. So you can give to missions. You can go to our website. There's a drop-down uh, menu. I think it says even Mexico, and you can give there. So we can give to missions. Uh, number eight in your notes, you can give to the vision of the church. I know as Pastor Jamie released quite a bit of vision last week, it was really great. He talked about a a desire for an internship program, uh, maybe having a Christian school, affordable housing for single mothers. So those are great things that we can give to. And finally, number nine, give in faith and expectation. Sometimes we can give so systematically, we just, it just, and it's, I mean, that's, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But I, and I don't do this every time, but sometimes I do, and I stop and I say, you know what? This means something. I remember Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, when God said, if you bring me the tithe, I'll open for you the windows of heaven. I would encourage you to do this. Next time you have your, your tithe or your offering, I would encourage you to stop and pray, and it could go something like this. And, and I like to just remind God of his word. Father, you said in your word, that if I would bring my tithe to you, because it belongs to you, that you would open up for me the windows of heaven over my life and the life of my family, pour out such blessing that there wouldn't be room enough to receive it. Why isn't there room enough to receive it? So that I can be a greater blessing to those around me. Thank you, Lord, for, for providing all of my needs according to your riches in, Jesus, uh, riches, uh, in, in Christ Jesus. Amen. And that is one way to give in faith and expectation. So we're encouraged. If we do a little bit of review, we give our lives to Jesus. We're new creations in Christ. And God makes our spirit new. He comes into our life. He also begins to transform our mind, our will, our emotion. He begins to, wants to move into our families and our lives and our marriages. He also wants to begin to move into our finances. And God will begin to, to bless you and, and touch your finances. And then if you were like me, now that you have some finance flowing, what do I do with it? They never taught me how to handle finances in my ceramics class in college. They taught me clay shrinkage rates, glaze calculations, stuff like that. But I didn't know much about finances. And so I ended up kind of by chance joining a financial peace university class at my local church on Orcas Island. And Dave Ramsey was the guy that kind of, uh, he, he wrote, the, it's his course, Financial Peace University and then we have a couple here that run it at our church, um, Brad and Kim Gurna, and that's starting up in January. But you learn baby steps. You learn how to work with, how many of you have ever heard of an envelope system? Yeah, you, you work with an, I'd never even heard of an envelope system. I never had a, a, a budget. Um, you get an, a $1,000 emergency fund. You learn how to pay off debt and what, in what order you should pay off that debt. Which credit card first? So this, I thought it was kind of interesting. So this last week, my kids' toilet broke down in their bathroom. And so how many handymen do we have in here? We got a few handy. How many handymen don't we have? How many of you are not handymen? Yes, I'm so not alone in this. So I pull out my YouTube video, how to fix the broken toilet. And like two or three minutes in on the YouTube video, and then I see the, the guy who's doing the little tutorial, his hands go into the tank. At that point, I feel like I hear a little press on my heart. The Holy Spirit, call the plumber. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I call the plumber. 
plumber Rob comes up, comes out, and he looks and he's, and I'm so glad I didn't dive into this. He's like, bro, you, you need like a new toilet, man. This thing's jacked up. All right. So I go to Home Depot and I buy the toilet, come back, call Rob. Rob, I got the toilet. I mean, it took me less than, you know, it was fast. I'm getting another toilet. Let's, let's get this thing, let's get this thing rolling. And so, you know, Rob comes out and he does a great job. And I had done a toilet once before and it took me half a day. I lost my salvation. I got born again like three times. I mean, it was just a bad, it was a bad deal. Put like one wax ring and I was like, oh, this is a taller one. Or you laid the wrong hardware. You know, you need two wax rings. Pull it up anyway. So I was like, dude, I'm not doing that again. I'm not a handyman. I'll pay guys for their speciality. That's, that's what you do. That's, man, I love that. You, you do that. Now, 20 years ago, that would have been like, oh, man, I'd be kind of like crisis mode. I, I wasn't ready for a couple plumber visits and a new toilet down at Home Depot. But, we, but wisdom, we can get these tools. God wants to put these tools in your life so that you're ready for things like that. Does it sound good? Amen. Amen. And finally, as we close, I want to talk about the greatest giver of all. And I know that you all know this verse very well. John chapter 3, verse 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave. Isn't God is the first giver, isn't he? Yeah, he gave us life. And when God gives, he gives his very best, doesn't he? He gave his very best. He gave his son, Jesus Christ. Why did he give? Because he loved. I think that's a great motive for giving, isn't it? Oh, we love. We love, so we give. For God so loves, he gives his very best. Whoever believes in him will not perish. Believe in Jesus. You will not perish, but you will have everlasting life. I thought, well, that's great. God gave his son Jesus. What did Jesus think about that? Well, Jesus wanted to give his life willingly as well. There's many scriptures. I could have pulled out a handful of scriptures. I just pulled out one that says, For there is one God and one mediator who can reconcile, reconcile God and humanity, the man Christ Jesus. He gave, Jesus is the giver, he gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. This is the message God gave to the world at just the right time. Today is the right time. Today is the day of salvation. Would everybody stand with me this morning? I would like everybody to bow their head right now. If you have not had the opportunity, the moment to invite Jesus into your life. But he's the great gift. God loved you, so he gave his son for you. And if you believe in him, he'll make you a brand new creation. If you would raise your hand, I'm going to pray with you where you are, and you would like to invite Jesus into your life. I see one hand. I see two hand. I see three hand. I see four hand. I see five hand. Come on. Any more? Any more? Come on. Today is the day of salvation. It's the greatest gift there is, is the gift of salvation. Amen. I think I see a six hand back there. Let's, I'm going to pray. You guys repeat after me and say, Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Make me new. Lead me by the way I should go. Be my boss, my savior, my Lord, my friend, and my king. Help me to serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Give, give them a good hand clap this morning. We're going we're gonna to do another uh, song of worship, but as we do that, I would like to invite the prayer team right now to come forward. If you have anything that you would like prayer for about, maybe you've been praying for someone and you want someone just to agree with you in prayer about that, you can bring your, bring your, prayer, your prayer request up uh, for that as well. Maybe you have a financial need and you want someone to agree with you on that. This would be a great time for that as we've been talking about uh, finance and giving. So come on up and receive prayer.